Welcome to the Church Interpreting Podcast. I'm Jonathan Diney. And I'm Lauren Alvisu. And on the show today... Lauren will be talking about dealing with difficult speakers. We will have the first part of Jonathan's interview with theologian of Multicultural Church, Dr. Harvey Kiwani. And we'll have another four-minute interview. But first, let's talk about how we deal with speakers who make life difficult. Imagine this. You're asked to interpret a sermon in two weeks for a speaker you do not know. So you ask, you know, your general questions. Am I going to get notes? Will I get to know what they're talking about? Can I ask them questions before service just in case something doesn't make sense? Every single request is met with a very firm no. What a hard time. It's difficult. There's going to be times in which preachers can be difficult with you. How am I supposed to manage that? Of course, it would be helpful to get information, but I won't have it. And I can't do what I already do with my own pastor, with somebody that I've interpreted for a long time with, because I've already have a relationship with them. They already know what I do, the importance of it, or they at least understand it somewhat and are willing to meet with me, to provide me with the information I need to do my job, right? I gotta be understanding. There are a lot of guest speakers that are not going to want to give you anything because sermons can be very personal. There's illustrations and examples and sometimes we're not ready to let go of the word we have and I have to be understanding of that. Do I recognize that? Would it help me to know what the sermon is going to be like? Of course. Am I not receiving that information? Okay, am I going to take it as a personal attack? Yes, I am. Because I am human. Am I going to reflect and move on and realize that I have resources and tools that allow me to do my job effectively and work in my calling? Yes. Because I've got a Redeemer and I've got a Holy Spirit and He will push me through and He will give me the words and He's the one that you know, works in my weakness. And this is a moment of weakness. But it's also a partnership. I'm not being possessed by the Holy Spirit when I'm interpreting. I am being used as a vessel. So as the vessel, I have to make sure that I can carry the oil. What would I do? What do I generally do when I'm faced with this situation where I have no idea what's going to happen on Sunday and I've prayed and I've fasted and I'm connected in the spirit, but I want to have some type of preparation. I want to have, I want to do something. The first thing I'll do is I will look up this speaker. I will look up their name. I'll look up sermons they've given. I'll see if it's in their home church or in a guest church or in somewhere else. And I will listen to those, specifically to the ones in which they're not preaching to their own congregation. Because that way I get to see what they're like when they're not home. I get to understand what topics they're familiar with. If they go too fast, go too slow, if 
they're the kind of person who's very enthusiastic or who's very you know, calm, cool, collected. I also get to know what they like to talk about. I've noticed that a lot of speakers love to go to different churches and give a similar message or it's already their personal testimony so they're going to give it a thousand times over because that's what you do with your testimony. You make sure that people know it if it's pertinent to the situation. So I get to know them. After I've done that, I'm prepared. I've analyzed them. Now comes the time in which we're actually in practice trying to interpret with them. If I'm doing consecutive interpretation and this is a speaker that just continuously is speaking over me or is not letting me interpret, push back. I'm not saying fight with them on stage. That's inappropriate. Don't do that. But interrupt them back and let them know, hey, I'm here. Could you give me some space? And usually that'll get them to know you're there. That'll get them to have a feel for you and they'll work with you a little better. I like to implement a lot of eye contact. I will look at them directly and be like, hey, can we move on? Once you have that eye contact and that connection, it helps you bounce back off each other. And that's a nice way to handle that situation. When I'm doing simultaneous, I always remember that I set the pace. I can move on when I've missed things. And I can also relinquish control. Realize that I'm not going to get it. The Holy Spirit can say it better than I can. I take my time when somebody's not considerate that, oh, there's another person who's also delivering this message. I try to be like, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to say the most important things. I don't want to make crass omissions or anything, but I also don't want to overstress about something that I've got no control over. At the end of the day, we have to remember that we're all here to deliver the word of God, to make sure that people understand what God wants to do in their life. So that's my first most priority. Am I delivering the heart of God? And if I did that, I've done a good job. Thank you, Lauren. And here's the first in my multi-part interview with theologian of Multicultural Church, Harvey Quiani. I'm here with Harvey Kriyani. I want to let, let Harvey introduce what he does, but I wanted to have this conversation because those of you listening to this podcast will, might be familiar with church interpreting. You might be familiar with the idea of having multilingual church, but there's a much larger conversation that I believe we need to have amongst issues of language and, and multiculturalism in the church. So I wanted to introduce Harvey. And Harvey, just to start off, could you explain to the people listening what it is that you do? Yeah, at the moment, I work as um, a lecturer at Church Mission Society in, in Oxford. I teach courses to do with African Christianity. Uh, I lead the master's program in African diaspora Christianity. But I also work as CEO of um, Global Connections. Global Connections is a network hub for mission organizations here in the UK. Uh, we, we sort of uh, provide support um, for mission organizations as they engage the world in their missionary work. So that's that's what I do. 
<laughs> so how did you discover the topic of multicultural church? This whole subject of multicultural church, um, I would say, actually, it found me. Uh, it found me in my own journey of trying to follow Christ and, and trying to make disciples um, in mission around the world. Um, I'm a son of uh, two pastors. My, both my mom and my, my dad are pastors. I, I grew up um, really with, with, men, with, with good mentors in the ministry. So when I left Malawi, I found myself in Switzerland um, and realized that actually the, what we were seeing in Africa in terms of the growth of Christianity is probably the opposite of what we are seeing in Europe, that Christianity in Europe is continuing to, to, mm. to shrink uh, while it's exploding elsewhere in the world. And that, that, that got me thinking about um, what, how, is, um, how about the possibilities of what God is doing around the world beginning to speak back into, into Europe? Um, what, what, whatever gifts God has given to the rest of the world, actually through European missionaries in most cases, to come back and, and begin to speak into and, and reinvigorate European Christianity. With that, then I began to notice that actually in almost every major city in Europe, in North America, you find congregations of Christians who have come from other parts of the world, right? So um, I, was, I live in Liverpool here. Uh, you find congregations of Christians from different parts of the world. Uh, we have an Egyptian Coptic congregation in Liverpool mm -hmm. uh, and, and we have many Zimbabwean uh, not to count Nigerian churches many mm -hmm. many Ghanaian churches and and what what we see is that these congregations uh, even though we can say um, on a large scale that yes um, the the Christian community in in for example Liverpool is made up of people from around the world we realize that those Christians in Liverpool are not really uh, connecting together. The, 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 so we have Nigerian congregations, we have Ghanaian congregations, and, and, and the two don't really talk to one another. Now, um, while we celebrate the fact that, yes, um, we see Christians from around the world in our cities, I, I realize that and, and, and this agrees with um, the problem that was well stated by Martin Luther King back in the 60s, that um, Sunday morning is the most segregated hour because everybody goes to church with people who look like them. And, and if we look at the history of the church, especially in its, its early days, we realize that actually what made the church the church is the fact that it was multicultural. Um, what makes Antioch stand out as a, as a, as a place where uh, Christianity blossomed very early is simply because it was a multicultural community. The, the name Christian itself comes out of uh, people trying to find a label for this multicultural community that's, that's worshipping in a different way from what they would expect. Um, so I started seeing that and, and, and reflecting on that, began to realize that actually uh, what God has given 
to the world and has found itself has found has found ways to 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 to, to the UK to, to to Europe to North America is that all these gifts could actually belong together in a congregation uh, and 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 that when congregations make it possible for Christians from different parts of the world to belong together to worship together they will experience something that they cannot experience in in their own communities at least they experience a foretaste of the images that john sees in the book of revelations that uh, people from all nations and tribes and tongues stand together and worship before the throne of god thank you harvey we'll be hearing more of that interview in the next episode and now we have a four minute interview with puja godfrey puja is an ideator and a passionate educator by profession She's had a passion for church ministry since she was a teenager. She's graduated from being a Sunday school teacher to a worship leader. And now she's been a Hindi interpreter in her church for almost a decade. Puja, on your social media, you post a lot of tips on how to interpret and vocabulary. What was the motivation behind this? Firstly, Lauren and Jonathan, thank you so much for inviting me for this interview. Um, well, to answer that question, there are two reasons why I like to do that. I come from India, where we have uh, more than 600 languages spoken, and we have uh, 21 official languages. I specifically come from Mumbai, India, which is a cosmopolitan city where we have people with so much of diversity in terms of language and culture. However, Hindi is one of the language that is popularly understood. Having said that, in case someone would want to interpret Hindi, uh, I thought my social media should include all the tools that can help them uh, mitigate their influence from the local language and use more of a biblical Hindi. The other reason why or what motivates me to do this is I often interact with people with youngsters particularly and they would want to say that I'd like to become a worship leader I would like to become a musician in the church but hardly ever do I come across anybody who says that I like to interpret in church uh, so I thought that you know I should use my social media to uh, spread awareness amongst the youngsters uh, to uh, to share this message and tell them that interpreting is the need of the hour because since we have people speaking so many other languages and Hindi being popularly understood, the only way to reach out to people is to be able to speak in a language that they, they can understand. So we need more and more charismatic uh, youngsters take this up. Do you think an interpreter needs to have a pastoral calling? Well, honestly, anybody can interpret. Anyone, even a professional interpreter would do just if it is about taking the message in its literal term and taking it to the masses. However, uh, if it is about taking the emotions of the preacher, uh, the conviction that is to be carried with the message, it is possible if and only if you have a calling over your, over your life, you know exactly where that word has to land. What impact has interpreting had in your church? Well, I have grown up watching my pastor 
uh, when he began his church ministry, you know, interpreting in Hindi. And he was my role model. I saw how people understood things better, things were more impactful. Uh, when you spoke in a language that people understood better. Uh, so having said that, we have a congregation where uh, there are quite a few people who speak in English and majority of them speak in Hindi or other regional languages. So um, interpreting definitely plays a vital role, a pivotal role, because we have more than 80% of our congregation who wouldn't understand if the message is spoken just in English. Do you have any advice for interpreters? An advice? I feel we are at that hour one minute to midnight when you look around and people are so disturbed uh, they're ailing in their hearts relationships broken family shattered and at this point of time the message of the bible is something that can give them solace give them peace comfort them in the ways nothing else can having said that there is a dire need, there is an urgency for youngsters to take up interpreting as a ministry. It is so important because you may not be a preacher, you may not be able to preach big sermons, but uh, you can definitely be that voice of another preacher and, uh, you know, amplify his voice and live an impactful life. It is a really satisfying feeling. And I think more people must give it a try. Thank you very much for listening to the Church Interpreting Podcast. Our next episode will be a special episode from the EST Congress. See you then.